Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast for Thursday, August 13th, 2020, otherwise known as Left Handers Day. Woo! You're a left hander, right, Mike? Yeah, I baby. can tell by that chirp, yep. Finally. <laughs> Every In day's a world made for day. right-handers, at least there's one day for us out there. August 13th. That's right. Everybody, you know, it's not really something worth complaining about because I think being left-handed gives you a little bit of ambidexterity. Probably. Like out of necessity. Yeah. So maybe it makes things. you well-rounded. I'd agree with that. I'd, I'd be left-handed if I could be. Right. Like I'm left-handed, but I had to learn to play the guitar right-handed. So it feels mm. normal. So you do play the guitar right-handed? Right. Yeah. What else do you do right-handed? Ooh. That's a good question. I really don't know golf. off the top of my head, but for Tools? the most part. You have left-handed clubs? Yeah. For, so like uh, I played golf in high school for a year. You got some left-handed gloves for that. Um, I play tennis left-handed. Shooting them jump shots left-handed. Skateboarding. I ride regular skateboarding. is interesting. Like which, w- whether you put your, which foot forward is interesting. Yeah. So I ride regular skateboarding. Mm. Do you, okay, let's say that you needed to do a running leap off of one foot. Which foot do you jump off of? Jumping off my right foot. Okay. That's in, Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I would go okay, left yeah, foot. Yeah. That's how I dunk from the free throw line. But you know, whenever I'm doing dunks from the free throw line. Having my left hand to slam with is, you know, it's just great to have my primary (laughs) hand to dunk with. Gravy. I got you. Yeah, she's good technique. So we've been on hiatus for a bit. Yes. Great to have the whole crew back in action. Back together. So what the hell have you guys been doing? Chris shaved off all of his hair. Chris, you got to show us. I shaved it all off. (laughs) I dig it, dude. Makes for good audio. Here, let me rub my head in the microphone. That'll... There. Nice. What spurred this wow. on? I usually actually shave it almost every summer. Like I just, I'm like, it's too hot. And then eventually I'll just shave my head and I'll start off with like a number two and I'll be like, it's not short enough. And then I'll do a number one. And then eventually I'm in the shower shaving my head with a razor. So here's a genuine question. The last time I shaved my head was whenever I was just a kid and it was for the same reason. Hot summer. My dad just did it on the back porch. Yep. Me and my brother just shaved both of our heads. But I was probably like 12 years old. Mm -hmm. Does it really cool your head off that much? Like it really works compared to just having short hair. Yeah, it feels very cool. And it's also... So one of the things that I love to do is when I'm working, I'll actually just like run in the bathroom and get water and just like dump it all over my head. And then you can just like towel off real quick. And it's like, you know, if you have hair, you'd be walking around with like dripping water all over the place. But this, you do not do that. Well, that's really cool. You don't want to do it if you're working outside a lot because your scalp can sunburn. But definitely buzzing it short is it's a lot cooler and It also just feels really clean if you're like working and around a lot of sawdust or like dirt work. You can just take a towel and like wipe your whole face and head down and you kind of feel like. Took like a semi shower. shower. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Half a shower. (laughs) Nice. All right. So, Mike, you've been traveling a little bit. You're back in town working on the bus. That's right. What's the status? What's going on? I've seen a lot of flashes of orange laminate coming out of the your YouTube and Instagram. That's correct. So the newest episode of the School Bus Tiny House Conversion Series is live on YouTube, and it is The Kitchen. I think we've talked about it a little bit on the bus. I definitely previewed what I was planning on doing in past episodes, but I just built a really clean plywood kitchen, but the big sort of hook or the, the gimmick to this video is that I did laminate everywhere. I kind of didn't hold back at all. I put laminate on the countertops, laminates on the ca- uh, the cabinet doors, on the outside faces of the cabinets. I went hard in the paint, basically. 
and I did it with solid orange. And this is sort of like that vintage orange that you picture mm-hmm. from like the 70s that can also fit into kind of modern and contemporary color palettes today. It's really that quintessential orange. Yeah, and it's, it's like awesome. A little, it's a little creamier than like, you know, Home Depot orange, right? That's right. It's not like, yeah, it's, it's not a highlighter not orange or right. anything like that. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit warmer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's funny because I think probably most cabinets in America are laminate. Yeah. yeah. They're just like so fake it's not wood uncommon. laminate. What's uncommon is bringing back the exposed plywood accents to the laminate and then doing laminates in a DIY context. I think that's what's kind of unusual. So it's kind of a nice mix of something that's really familiar as a tactile service. We're used to feeling like, oh, there's some kind of MDF or plywood. And then there's this like really hard plastic shell on top of it. Normally, we we just see that fully sort of edge banded, but I've always thought the exposed plywood edge is the way to go with laminates in general. Let me ask you this, Mike, now that you're a a laminate pro. (laughs) Okay. From the point of view of just versus paint in terms of the labor and in terms of the outcome. Yes. Where do you stand? Do it. Every time. Almost. So the labor part's better and the outcome part's better, you think? Yes. And and that's not even a question. So... The amount of time it takes is probably pretty close if you're including all of your prep time both ways. Right. So you do have to cut the laminate to size. And so you're cutting a little bit more material. But in reality, the amount of time that it takes to mask off, paint however many coats, let's say three coats to get a good surface. Mm -hmm. And then kind of like take the time also to clean up because I don't know about you guys, but I always have a little bit of texture either from like the roller marks that you get from one of those foam rollers or I just... I tend to get a bleed with masking tape almost every time. I don't know why. Yeah. So there's always some cleanup involved too. So when you take all that into consideration, the only couple things that really delay the laminate process is the fact that you have to let the contact cement or the rubber cement cure completely before you attach your two pieces together. So it's pretty unique in that you paint the rubber cement onto the substrate and the laminate. And it normally takes like 20 minutes and it'll be dry, ready to go out here in the desert 10 minutes. So that was actually nice. But once you can touch the glue and literally none of it comes off, mm-hmm. like not tacky at all, when you press the laminate to the plywood or whatever you're using, it immediately bonds and it's so permanent. And it's kind of funny. The first couple of times I was doing it, I was just laying it straight down onto the straight down onto the plywood because I was doing the cabinet doors yeah. where traditionally you use riser blocks or dowels to sort of elevate it from the plywood surface so you have time to position and line it up before you lower it down and you can also lower it down gradually that way but i was i was just kind of winging it i was feeling confident felt feeling like a baller so i was just kind of like laying them down just doing it by eye and it worked until like the third one and i accidentally (laughs) touched it down a little bit sooner than i wanted while i was still lining it up and i barely barely touched it down but it just grabbed so hard and I tried to pull it away, but it, the, the laminate actually cracked. It's relatively brittle before you get it laid down. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I ruined a piece, ruined the door, had to remake them, but ultimately learned my lesson and learned that it was worth it to, to really do things the right way. But yeah. it's fast. I tried. Yeah, it, it sounds oh, like was, painting's faster if you're going to do a crappy job of it. But if you're yes. going to do a good job painting, then it's not really any faster. Right. And the one last thing I was going to say is I think I found a little bit of a time hack. So... Instead of cutting my countertop blank to the exact size and then using a a flush trim bit to trim the laminate to that, 
What I found easier because I had almost eight foot long countertops was I made my blanks a little bit oversized as well as the laminates and then trimmed both of them at the same time with the circular saw. And that worked really well. It was stupid clean. It was finished ready right after the cut. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way that you really save time. You reduce the tool so you don't have to use the router and you know, you don't have to sand it as much because the router is still, I needed to sand afterwards. Yeah. World's scariest tool. I think you would do great with it. It comes in all of the primary colors and it also comes in all of those sort of like classic trendy colors that you recognize that are just super timeless. All the teals and oranges and yellows that are like, Oh, and if you look on like Wilson Art yes. or any of those or like companies' the, the websites, the name brand Formica too. Right, they make them in like aluminum. They make metal versions, metallics, copper ones. You can you could get wild. Totally, super affordable, super easy to do, and it's a limited tools option. I built that entire kitchen, and all the cuts were just the circular saw and the jigsaw. So nice. check out that video. Let me know what you guys think when you see it. It is it's super crisp. It looks really good. I also think you know what's funny is like the for. I think you're going to have like a mixed reaction, right? And like two different groups of people will be surprised by the project. This The more amateur DIY people will be like, oh, I didn't know you could actually do laminate yourself. I think a lot of people assume that happens in a big industrial process. But then on like the pro side, they know that this is very doable, but they're going to be surprised that you did it on like a lower end plywood. Like our boy Cutworks was like, oh, I didn't know you could do it on like a radiata pine plywood because yeah. you know he's done it a bunch of times but he's always done it on like a baltic birch or you know like a real you know 80 dollar a sheet plywood not a 35 dollar a sheet plywood so i think that's what was sort of intriguing will be intriguing to the pros is seeing that you got a real clean look with a really inexpensive product and i think to the to the amateurs it'll be like oh Wow, we do have a little, a few, one more finishing option than what we thought that totally changes the dynamic and gives you this cool kind of retro, yeah, 70s aesthetic. So I'm excited. It's a, it's a, it's a cool project. And from a durability standpoint, it's such a good choice. It's perfect for, for a bus where there's going to be a lot of movement. So if you do get any cracking <laughs> in that tile, at least you won't have it in the countertops. Yeah, for sure. But I'm just trying to be a man of the people. That's it. It's like, yeah, it's a new technique, but it's not a hard one and it's not adding any new tools. So I was happy that I was able to find that. But oh. follow up question on the bus. Cool. Okay. There's there's a shot in your video where, where you're carrying the cabinet into the bus and you don't fit through the first door. Yeah. Is there any panic you weren't going to make it through the second one? So I knew you know the other, other one was, door was bigger. I knew the other one was a little bit wider, but the entire plan was for it to go through that opening, oh, the wow. original okay. one. So yeah, I was nervous. I was I knew it was wider, but I didn't know if it was like deep enough between the the door and then the bathroom wall. But we're good. Oh, man, we got that it. Would, that would suck if uh, I, I yeah. was very happy that I built the cabinets in two pieces at that moment. Yeah. Right, oh, sorry, but did you guys like see that? Uh, you guys see that faucet I used? That all white, almost commercial kitchen style faucet. Mm-hmm. Dude, so swaggy. Amazon, like, uh, what would you call it? Faucet faucets and fixtures. They've got great deals, man, and they've always got some crazy shaped things. They're awesome. I wonder so, if the guy who works for, who's like yeah. VP of Amazon faucets and fixtures is listening right now. And he's like, yes. Yeah. If I'm anyone from Amazon I, home is out there, holler at your boy. I'm just glad you didn't paint the faucet orange. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but even. So I, that's the diciest decision you made was painting the fridge and stove, correct? I think so. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, what's weird. It's like, I think you're going to get a lot of comments on the tile. I actually think the tile is going to be fine when you drive the bus. 
I think what's going to crack first will be the paint on those things. <laughs> so I was thinking about it like it just came to me the other day because I was I was thinking about like uh, the advantages of powder coating and the number one is that it's more elastic. It's not that it's a harder paint, it's that it's a more elastic paint. So it kind of flexes with the expansion of the material. I'm curious with the refrigerator, if you have the refrigerator on, so it's like cold, oh. all the surfaces will be cold yeah. and it'll shrink down and then you like unplug it and the bus is sitting there in like 110 Joshua, uh, Joshua tree weather. And then it heats up to like 130 degrees in there. And then if it that stretches that paint a little bit, but mm. it'll be a good experiment. Yeah, that's all this thing is. It's it one up. big experiment. Yeah. So it works. It's fine. <laughs> all right. Well, what do you Nailed guys it. got going on? What's new for y'all? Chris, you go. Cause I got a lot. Okay. I'll, I'll be quick. So, I mean, honestly, I've been in mostly edit mode since last week. I started working on one new thing, but I can't say what it is yet, which, uh, not, I, not because I, I want to be secretive or whatever, but there is a reason, but and we will all talk about it soon. I've actually been trying to think of a way because like these plans take so freaking long that I want to try <laughs> to get like a little bit of extra content out of them. You know, obviously I'll make a YouTube video for all of them, but yeah. in this, in so what I was thinking about doing, maybe we can kind of brainstorm on this. You guys can see if there's anything to add in that pops to your head, but basically what a big component of the desk was building this cabinet for it. And so I built the whole thing out of plywood and finished and it like came out good. And I was like, you know what? I want to do it out of hardwood too. So I spent another three days filming this like real elaborate box that I built out of hardwood. And I was like, I should make a, it, so that it's not a waste that I did all of this. Like I at least want to include in the plans, like a big section that's like how to do it out of plywood, how to do it out of hardwood, the advantages of it, the disadvantages, all this stuff. And I thought, well, why don't I make a YouTube video that's kind of like everything you've ever wanted to know about building boxes for furniture, but we're too afraid to ask. So I want to try to like come up with some way to package it, but I'm trying to think of a way to make it interesting. Like I know a lot of people do the kind of videos that are like, you know, like skill builders or like topic based rather than project based. So I think those are good things to have. And like, they've been valuable from a plan making point of view. Like we have an appendix where we use videos that are, you know, the same thing for every project. And so I think it'd be cool to have on YouTube sort of like an appendix of different things that like within a video, you could be talking about something and rather than spending five minutes to re-explain it in that video, be like, and if you want to know more about this, go check out this other video that I made that's all about that topic. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think what you were just explaining though, the whole concept of the video being Here's how you make a plywood box. Here's how you make a solid wood box. And then the advantages and disadvantages between them. That yeah. is the sort of video, right? So why not title it something like plywood cases versus solid wood, which is better? Question mark, question mark or something yeah, like mean, that. I mean, so that'll probably be like a part of it. But yeah, I mean, you definitely could do that. I want to make sure I, I want it to be like very overarching. Okay. So what, what am I missing? What am I missing out of okay, the picture? So, so the way that I'm thinking about right now is like boxes are kind of the cornerstone of a lot of different furniture projects. Right. So correct. I figure you could talk about that. Then you could talk about like all the different types of boxes, basically from like the simplest being a butt joint and then going on to rabbits and then mitered corners and then box joints and dovetails. And just like going from like simplest to most complex 
and then get into, and, and basically probably where I would come down is that I would focus on miters because especially if you're building out of plywood, that's probably the most common kind of box because it covers up a lot of the plywood when you make a mitered box. Mm-hmm. And so th- then from there, like go through a whole detailed build in plywood versus how you would do it different if you were working in hardwood, talk about some of the pros and cons for each one. Just kind of, I don't know, I'm just going to try to like cram yeah. everything I can about box building into a video everything you needed to know about building boxes yeah for out furniture. of wood or something yeah i think it's a good idea it's one of those videos that well i guess here's my question do videos like that do well do that do those have I mean, an audience i've so never done I've, one what i found is that they are growers not showers right so they usually don't come out of the <laughs> gate super sense, hot man. but they will like <laughs> they also don't die after like you know five days or whatever so like you know, like my top 10 table saw jigs and tools or whatever, like videos like that, like just consistently get views for me. It seems like whenever I make those types of things, like I did one on like, should you get a CNC initially that like straight out of the gate, you know how you have your top 10 or whatever. It was like, you know, number 10 of 10 or whatever. And now it's like one of my better performing videos. If I look Mm. at like the last, you know, six months or whatever. So they, they do do well, but it's just like a, I think it's, and it's also probably hits a different sort of audience, which I think is good to diversify. Yeah. And especially an audience that probably would be interested in plans too. That's kind of like right up the same alley. So I think it's a great idea. Yeah. And you're the guy for it. I remember a while back when you did that track saw video Mm -hmm. or the track saw, table saw, circular saw, like what saw do you want to use video? Right. Yeah. It would kind of be in that same vein. If you did it in that style, I think that's the way to do it. I remember watching that video, just thinking like, damn, how is this 25 minutes long or however long it was? <laughs> yeah. I remember it just kind of like blowing past, you know, time wise. So I would keep it, I would keep it sharp, keep it crisp. I like the way it almost was like bullet pointed in the previous one that you made. Mm-hmm. So I think something like that, which I know you'll already do. Yeah. I think that would be a really cool video. Yeah. That's actually a good idea. I even, I kind of forgot about that video, but maybe I'll kind of go back and like, see if there's a, a blueprint there that I can adapt to this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I mean, it was almost it was almost segmented in the way that you're talking. So yeah, it might be a it good was, idea. It was very yeah, like I mean, if I remember it correctly, it was very much like this type of cut. Here's the, how to do it on the three different tools. Now go on to the next one. Here's how to do it on the three different tools. Yeah, and so this time it's like this joint. Here's how to do it at all of these types of woods. Yeah, yeah, cool. Plywood, hardwood, and you already have most of the footage shot. So I'd say I, just run. That's it. the other thing. Yeah, I feel like I can do it with like just by writing out my thoughts and like filming some B-roll stuff and then like a lot of drawings and stuff. But the the footage footage is already kind of done. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense to do as a piece of content. But does part of you get less excited about a project like that just because it's like it's more compilation video than like new? <laughs> it's going to be like like a Saved by the Bell episode where like, hey, remember that time yeah. we went to summer camp and... <laughs> All the flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think it does. Like, I mean, yes, in that you're not making a new project, which is obviously like the most fun part of doing all of this. But I don't know, it's a little different from an editing point of view. So that's nice to change yeah. it up a little bit. Get to be Professor Salamone. That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, cool. Well, oh, and good job last week, Chris, with Sean holding it down. Yes. Y'all nailed it. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yes. Solid QA. <laughs> So, I've been making moves. Uh-huh. Lots of moves. Let's hear them. Tons of news. All the news. So, I just accepted an offer on the Container House. Oh, yeah. Congratulations again on that. That's so sick. Thank you. 
you know what's funny? It's like when I built it, I fully intended never to sell it. <laughs> Here we are but one year later. After having it on Airbnb, it crushed on Airbnb. So I'm like, oh, this is great. But the management company was taking like 25% of that. And then they were taking the cleaning fees on top of it. And so we were like grossing like five to 6,000 a month, but like actually netting like less than 4,000. So I was like, huh, still good. Still ha- we'll have like a, you know, all in. I spent just right around a little less than 200000 on the entire project, land, permits, construction costs, everything. So I was like, okay, you know, we're looking at like sort of somewhere in a, depending on property taxes and all these things or big repairs or, you know, like a four to six year payback somewhere in that window, which for a real estate inv- investment is not bad, particularly one with no debt. But then I was thinking like it kept... Like some somebody brought their stupid ass kids and the kids like hung on the door handles and it like had to like put in a new like, <laughs> you know, set screw to kind of like relock that in. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like little wear and tear. And, us, you know, the management company can sort of handle maintenance on a certain part. But I would get called out there to like just check on something or approve something or just get even like an email asking a question like, oh, what's the manufacturer number on the, the HVAC unit? And I don't like to be bothered by things that I'm not actually working on that are kind of in the periphery, which is why I'm always skeptical when somebody says they have like a passive income business because I'm like, is it really? Or do you still have to answer like three emails a week on it because that ain't passive? It's mostly, but it's not complete. And so I was talking to my business partner, Norbert, who Mike's met, and I'm like, let's just put it on the market just to see what we could get for it. I'm just curious too, because I wanted to do, I've been wanting to do the budget video for a while, but I know what all these freaking dumbasses are going to say, which is like, oh, why'd you, can't believe you spent so much money on that. It's like, I need to justify it somehow. I got to justify spending that much money. Exactly. And I could say, you know, these people aren't smart enough to get the idea that like, you know, four to six year payback on a real estate investment is good. They'll just be like, can't believe you spent that $200,000 on like a, you know, little metal box. I could, you know, go down to Arkansas, wherever and whatever. But <laughs> so I thought like, if I, you know what, I'm just curious on what I could sell it for. Cause honestly, no idea. It's a very unconventional real estate. Yeah. And everyone in real estate tells you to build towards the average. They always say, don't, you will never get return on your investment if you build something unusual. Well, they're not always right. Hmm. They're, they're probably mostly right, which is why they're saying that. But it doesn't mean you can't do it. So we listed it at 185, or sorry, 385,000 after spending a little less than 200,000 on it total. And we, sh- our realister, uh, realtor showed it, I think like eight to 10 times and got six offers. Oh, wow. Ooh, yeah. And all the way up above uh, asking price, but the one above asking price was kind of dependent on. I don't know, just not totally 100% lockdown financing. So we accepted a full offer of 385000 with 20 days to close, which Booyah. is going to be driving up Mike's uh, timeline for the bus, but not oh, too dude, much. It's no biggie, it's it's, no biggie it's right at all. around that anyway. Yeah. Oh, no is biggie it, at it's all. It's there? awesome. Say what, Chris? Yeah, so It's parked there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe the new uh, yeah. landlord won't mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it'll be like all in, you know, Spent 200 or a little less, put it on Airbnb for about six months, minus the time during COVID. I made about 30K there and then sold it for 385. Now, obviously, realtor gets their fees, but it'll be a nice, tidy return for sort of a two year project. Yeah. And, but so I was like, 
<laughs> I I agreed to sell it when I was annoyed by doing the maintenance. But the minute like they actually sent the offer and I had to sign it, I was just like, do I really want to get above? I still want to finish this project there. And I, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I always have like 30 projects that I want to do specifically on that piece of real estate. Right. But it's like on to the but, next one with like big concepts, because I know what you've got planned next. And so like this is sort of that nest egg that makes you able to do the next project, kind of all cash, no strings attached, basically. Yeah. And it's also more, it, you know, honestly, it's, it's not even so much the money, it's the time thing. It's just that that getting sucked away when you had your day all planned out to go take care of something. Mm-hmm. If that happens once a month, that's too much. It's like you got to go like, fix some drawers. Someone broke a drawer. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. Right. I hear you. And you have to look through your emails and find the part number and all that stuff. So, and I'm not quite organized enough to completely delegate that, which is something I definitely need to work on. But I am going to be building a new house. I already bought the land, already working on permits for that. So it will be a stick built house about two miles from the container house. Yeah. It's going to be probably three times the size. And but in a lot of ways, much simpler. And it'll be much more representative of a typical house that would actually a family could live in too. Yeah. Does stick so build we're still just mean like two by fours? Two by sixes. Two by sixes, okay. Yeah. A normal house that I think of. Yeah, so <laughs> yes. already had some good. And with the container house, I had one sponsor really for the whole project, Home Depot, which is great. I love Home Depot. But I kind of want to mix and match. I think there's a lot of companies that make great products out there. And... The container house wasn't fully representative of how I would live. Like my loft in Boston was like, that was like 100% my style, my taste. It was built for me, by me with like, you know, the right sort of uh, trade-offs between spending a lot of money here to get something really nice, but going budget here because you can uh, actually get quality for a few cents on the dollar. So this this project is going to be much more exactly the kind of house that I want to build for myself. That's tight. I'll have a decent sized shop space, all that good stuff. So that's all exciting. I felt like I purged, and I always say this, but I'm not always good at doing it, is when you add a new big project, you kind of want to close a big project because mm-hmm. you don't want to be having multiple big things going on at once. The same way if you decide like, oh, I'm going to add a new revenue stream. But if you're already working 70 hours a week, you have to give up something. Right. right. Where are those Otherwise, hours coming from? you're just going to do a bad job at something. So this was like the appropriate kind of purging one sort of time suck, moving financial resources over to another one, on to bigger and better things. That's tight. What's really cool about that whole situation you were describing, though, is you have the Airbnb data and you have the, well, built and sold data. And so c- coming out in this price budget breakdown video, like you've got so much ammunition for everybody that's saying like, hey, not worth it or dumb idea or whatever it is, you know, however they want to justify it to themselves. It's like, well, at the end of the day, it kind of speaks for itself. So congrats on that. That's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's if there's one thing I enjoy more than just creativity and good business moves, it's a Big F you to the haters. Yeah, I thought you were saying it's being right. No. That <laughs> <laughs> too. Uh, so outside of that, had a quick business trip to New York for a collaboration that I'm doing with AO5 Studio. Yeah. We're getting ready to launch a furniture line, which is, Chris, when, when you see it, you're going to be like, damn. <laughs> it's, it's very much in your style with like one little technological twist that we can't talk about now because we're still filing the patents. Okay. 
but we shot basically the video that we're going to use for our Kickstarter launch. And then I, I hung out with our boy, Andrew Schultz, helped out writing one of his uh, uh, weekly sort of Saturday morning comedy rants, which have become kind of a, a big sensation on the internet. I see The Rock is now like following and sharing them, Ooh. which is which is kind of cool. Yep. That's big. And so, yeah, it was a quick, uh, quick New York trip. I had to do all the quarantining and all that kind of stuff. Kept it tight and safe. And then now back in the desert and... Uh, yeah, working on this new house. Oh, and speaking of tying up loose ends, I finally posted the weed roller video from like a year ago. Oh, yeah. So I had posted an Instagram teaser of the joint rolling machine that my brother and I came up with, mostly my brother. I sort of advise on just like how to make it more repeatable and, and those things. But he made this really cool machine that rolls joints. And, you know, we kind of teased it on Instagram, did really well on Instagram. A lot of, uh, you know, there's definitely some fallout. Like, I think I lost like, uh, you know, a couple hundred or so followers and then gained like a couple thousand. But again, you know, like I said, got to purge sometimes. (laughs) But I was hesitant to release it on YouTube, mostly because I still thought of like my YouTube channel as like my kind of at that time, the most important kind of business asset and just didn't want to risk anything or get a strike. But since then, I've had a lot of conversations with my YouTube representative about how to approach this type of content, gone through a lot of meetings. I've let my agencies that I work with know that I have this kind of content in the in the vault that's ready to go if a sponsor is ready. So typically, I don't release a lot of content unless I have a sponsor lined up. And finally, a sponsor bit on it, and a and I also got kind of clearance from YouTube about how to sort of approach the subject in a way that they felt was responsible. Right. So published it, and yeah, the, again, as with all things, response is overwhelmingly positive, but the negative is probably more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you know, it's funny. It's like people act like. Because I made this video and no one smokes in this video or anything, that like I am making people aware of something that they otherwise wouldn't know about. Yeah. And I I kind of think that like anyone that's going to smoke pot has already heard of it. Like, I was about I, to say, I, Ben, how dare you? Imagine. How could you be someone's first exposure to weed? <laughs> right. What is this stuff? It, it, yeah. <laughs> And it was funny to see people being like, how is this even allowed? And I'm like, do you know that like the biggest show on YouTube or like Joe Rogan, like Elon Musk smoked pot on camera (laughs) on that show. Yeah. Like there's like whole movies that like half baked or pineapple express that are all about this. But somehow when it's someone they've seen in this genre, they're they're like very alarmed by it. And I think it was... It kind of made me mostly like pretty happy because I think by being involved with DIY stuff, you get pushed into a wholesome category of associations that you often never asked for or never like suggested about yourself, right? Like I think because people think of, oh, DIYers are like HGTVers and HGTV has this like very sanitized, boring, personality-less kind of image, And I think they just kind of assume that if they are someone, you know, working with tools, wearing jeans on YouTube, there's going to be a similar type of wholesomeness associated with that. So it was kind of fun to kind of see some of those things dispelled. (laughs) 
And it was also funny to see the people that were totally shocked by it showing up. And then the people that just kind of like, dude, you clearly don't follow him on Instagram because it's kind of been teasing this for a year and we've all been asking when it's finally coming out. Right. So not as much blowback as our, you know, shop vac bong that we made, Mike, that one time. But <laughs> That's the story though, right? Like however long ago, let's say like three months ago, kind of the start of Corona, like Schultz was doing some Instagram lives and we did a gigantic, how many, how many gallons are those water cooler bottles? Are they 30 gallons maybe? Five. No, they got to be That's more close. than that. No, it's fine. It's fine. Okay, if it is, sure. But we used a shop vac connected to one of those as a bong, and we made it for this like America's Got Talent knockoff on Instagram, right? And it was exactly what you're talking about with the whole DIY category getting put into uh, what do you call it? Like a getting put into a corner because we posted that content. I did not have uh, any like uh, conversations where that's something that I'm not supposed to be able to do, but I still had sponsors literally calling me about it. So. Yeah, it's just weird, man. You know how life is. You know, it's not worth like complaining about, but it is funny just to like observe the reaction to it when you've, you know, smoked weed before and you realize it's not a big deal. It's just, it's the same thing as like drinking whiskey. It's stronger than like drink or smoking a little bit of pot, to be honest, you know? So yeah, it's just funny to see people get upset about it. Yeah, it, it's always interesting. And I, I don't want to be flippant about this, right? Like, it's interesting to see what responsibilities people assume you should have, right? Obviously, we have no responsibilities other than to the people that we're close to, the business partners that we're contractually obligated to, and our responsibilities to our audience are a back and forth, right? For sure. They're always free to unsubscribe, and we're always free to block them. We're always free to make our own creative decisions and they're always free not to watch. That's why I don't like to complain too much about like an algorithm or, you know, oh, nobody likes what I like. You know, people are stupid. No, it's like this is like a an exchange that we do as an adult where we should all just take responsibility over the part that we take. And, you know, we certainly are allowed to have opinions and well-expressed opinions that, dis- that disagree with mine are are always welcome. I, I, I can't think of a, a more valuable thing to have than well-expressed opinions of an opposite perspective. But it's funny when they sort of think that you're obligated or you're supposed to fit into this this category that they can show their children. The other funny thing is like when you guys upload a video to YouTube and it asks you, is this made for kids? Yeah. You always click no, right? Right. So do I. Yeah, even when it's it's just a coffee table. Right. And you know why? For me, the number one reason? Because it involves power tools. Yes, it's more dangerous than (laughs) that, probably, for a kid. (laughs) Which are really dangerous. So it's funny that people think that, you know, I got a lot of comments like, wait till your sponsor sees this. I'm like, you do realize this was sponsored by a pretty large VPN company that approved the video. And I gave them a choice of three different videos, and this is the one they wanted. Probably took a while to get a sponsor that said that they wanted it, though. Yeah. 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 But, but a VPM is a good fit. Yeah. It exactly relates to that type of content that in some places is allowed and other places isn't. Exactly. But it sounds like there's a lot of people that would want more kind of like, you know, Chinese type rules on what kind of content's allowed out there. Thankfully, these people don't seem to be important people that are capable of influencing decisions other than them writing unsubscribe. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, but it was oh, it's funny. Okay. It's it's funny anytime you you do anything edgy just to see people's reaction cuz everybody's really passionate about a few things that they dislike or they really don't have a, a you know, particularly positive feelings towards and it really doesn't matter what it's going to be. I'm sure there's going to be some guy you know, we were talking about laminate earlier. There's going to be some guy that's Ooh. really passionate or professional at applying laminate. And they're going to be really upset with how I did it or the fact that I didn't do it on the right substrate. You know, I probably should have done it on MDF, which is much more stable than plywood. Right. And the expansion and contraction between the mediums are definitely going to cause it to break, probably fall apart and make the bus, you know, catch crash. fire. Yeah, <laughs> probably yeah. catch fire and crash while You're I'm gonna driving. You're going to T-bone so. that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's anything you do, anything that you do that's creative or a little outside of the box, there's going to be somebody that's just really, really not happy that you did it. So you just right. got to you just got to press on and keep doing you. Roll right. on. Roll on. That, yes. Wow, Chris. Yeah. Thank you. That being said, though, I got kind of a quick brainstorming sesh need okay awesome so i've gotten approached by a new sponsor we haven't finalized the deal yet but it seems likely and it's interesting and unlike anything i've ever done can we guess what the sponsor is can you give us hints they are a engineering service firm Uh, i'm not gonna guess it has Uh, expertise in electronics and injection molding. So they want you to do some product kind of creating or some idea making. So they want to do a video series on creating a product. That's pretty cool. There's a lot of student designers out there. Right. So I've been brainstorming and like, I like what they're suggesting because injection molding, something I've never done before. Electronics, something I know very little about. So right away, Whatever we come up with will be something that I couldn't have done by myself, which is, to me, the essence of an exciting collaboration. Can I give you a couple hits? Yes. My first takes, in the world that we live in right now, those UV sanitization (laughs) lights would be a great electronics integration. We talked about that. That was on the list. Awesome. Nailed it. There we go. Like maybe, okay, here we go. An injection. injection Oh, go ahead. Of Maker Feud, you just hit the, <laughs> that's on the board. That's right. That was like number two or number one on the board. Chris, do you have any guesses what's on my board? I had a list of like eight things. Show me. Uh, <laughs> it involves a toilet. Bidets. Ah, close. So another thing on the list was I want to make a device that just like. Wipes your buffer. You Boy, that's a Voice bidet. activated. Uh, yeah, no. <gasps> voice activated that just raises and lowers the toilet seat. So you say up. That you can add on to any existing toilet. toilet. up. Right. So you can say it in the hallway as you're approaching. Toilet yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> I ate something bad. It's like I gotta say it from back here so it gets up in time. Yeah. The other thing that I was thinking was so I've used those little like those like five dollar Home Depot solar lights. They're pretty great, right? You just hammer them into the ground. They're awesome. Oh, yeah. They have like a single LED bulb mm-hmm. and like a little solar panel. It's kind of amazing how cheap they are for what they do. So, but. They're kind of dumb. They don't have it on and off switch. They just kind of go on when it's dark and turn off in the daytime. Mm-hmm. And they work though. So I was thinking about like, you don't want too much night pollution and those things are just on all the time. So I was thinking about making a set of those, but they're like not motion activated because I think I think that's annoying, but like keychain activated where if you had like a tiny little fob on your keychain, you could use an RFD chip or something where... As you walk close to them, with if you're within like 10 to 15 feet, they f- turn on. And then as you move away, they turn off. So if you like have like a big driveway or something, 
as you're walking, the lights just start turning yeah. on in front of you. Yeah. It'd be like a Michael Jackson video. And since I'm planning a big real estate development, this sort of a hospitality project, I thought it'd be awesome to do like a field of them. So it's like someone walks through, it's like pitch black and you just see the person walking right. with the outlight of like light sort of flickering around. Right. Them. And you can sort of change whatever that proximity is. So you have like a radius of 10 feet or 50 feet, depending on what you're trying to do. Right. So it looks like a force field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that was another idea. They want to revisit that. Remember that drill caddy that I made? That, like it snapped onto the bottom of a oh, Ryobi yeah. battery so you could put all your bits into mm-hmm. that. They want to do a really good injection molded version of that. Yeah, I think there's something there I for think, that. That's a cool idea. Because that, that could be like a $2 product. Or, you know, it, it would be. So, so I think that's like that might be like the first kind of merch that I do. I've never really done merch, mm-hmm. but I might do something like that where it's just like. It could be sold for like five bucks. It costs like two bucks. It's more just like a, you know, my version of a sticker. But for everybody that has Ryobi tools, like it just plugs on the bottom and is super useful. Right. So I got a few other ideas, but I want to keep some of them kind of in the bank. But, you know, if anybody's got some kind of crazy, silly ideas that involve injection molded plastic and electronics, hit me up. Oh, the other one too. Kind of want to make some photography equipment stuff. So I bought those like turntables mm-hmm. that like slowly spin for like photography where you can yeah. put like your furniture piece on them. But the the cheapest ones that or the most powerful ones they had on Amazon were like $120 and it can only hold 180 pounds. Yeah. And then anything that can hold more weight than that is like in the thousands of dollars. Mm. So I was trying to think, how do you make one that's like kind of can hold a few hundred pounds and like move like a platform that's like four feet by four feet? But how do you make that inexpensive? So I think I might make something where it's like a kit, where it's like a combination of like just a Lazy Susan type hardware that uses like, you know, maybe like those like spherical casters Mm -hmm. and then just a single wheel that you put on the outside perimeter of it. So it just Mm. slowly creeps around. Make it like a U-turn turntable. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Belt driven. Yeah. Oh, and the other idea, we're thinking of trying to make a cheaper, like I saw Wobie's. Have you guys seen Wobie's? The camera? tripod arm thing i was thinking of doing a motorized version of that where you hold like a like a chip and the camera follows you Mm. wherever you're wherever that chip goes is that easy to program something like that because that chip idea is like that's in a couple ideas is that something common yeah it's something they can do something i can't yeah 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 but that's cool okay delegate then can you say what about if it does this and then boom hands off (laughs) yeah but i'm i'm trying to think of how to approach the actual content side like the idea side will be fun they're really good at what they do they work with like major companies and produce like pretty hardcore technology like they actually like a lot of consumer bluetooth products from major brands that you use use their kind of chips and all that stuff so it'll kind of be picking a a premise that's a little bit funny and entertaining, but then kind of making it somewhat practical and useful and then just doing a docu-series on how it actually gets done. Yeah. No, I, I like it a lot. I think it's a cool idea. Electronics are cool, but I really like the idea of revisiting that, the sort of Ryobi tools accessory holder thing, whatever you want to call it. Well, what could you work that's in right that that would be electrical? Well, did you see the X drill? Oh, <laughs> Wait. yeah. Oh, is that that thing you sent us that like Kickstarter? <laughs> that Kickstarter. Dumbass Kickstarter. All right, thing? listen, y'all explain it. You already know how I feel about this. I'm not going <laughs> to okay. gas it up at all. I, but I'm also not going to. Okay, I don't want to talk crap on it either. So I'm just going to kind of 
Oh, I do. All right, y'all start off and I might <laughs> join in, but I'm going to go ahead and take a couple steps back. All right. All good ideas started as dumb ideas. So let me preface that. So there's value in what they're doing. And there are some legitimate features to the X drill now on Kickstarter that I think are really cool. The one I like the most, so I'll start with positive because that's what I wish the world would do, is the way they did the leveling system on that back screen, I think is actually like, mm-hmm. it's pretty slick. I, and for someone that doesn't use a drill press. Okay, so explain the product it. real real good. Like explain yeah, what so it it's does. A, it's a handheld drill that has a bunch of different functionality built into it. So like, like Ben was saying, it's got like an LCD screen on the back that would like, show you when you're level. You could also set it like say you needed to drill at 30 degrees or whatever. You could set that and it would tell you if like you were getting out of alignment. It's got, what else did it have? It had lasers built into it. So you could tell like if you were horizontally aligned with something that was far away. You can like measure off the wall as well, like off a corner or something like that for, you know, it, it makes Ryobi look measured and restrained. Right. (laughs) So I, I didn't really care for like, I was like, whatever, like I, I, none of those really speak to me. The one thing that it did that I was like, Oh, it's not that bad was you could set a depth for it. And once it drilled to that depth, it would just stop. Right. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's like a plunge router. Yeah. It's pretty tight. Especially if you've yeah. ever like, you know, been hogging out in a, a decent sized hole, like, you know, the drill <laughs> will grab on you where you almost have to like use reverse muscle to like keep it from pulling down too much. Yeah. So what I thought was, yeah, for me, it was the level. And I thought about that when you're using a large hole saw. Have you ever almost broke your wrist oh, that using a like, large yeah. diameter hole saw? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden it catches. But it's... The catching is primarily a function of not being able to keep it perfectly level by hand. So they have this kind of like video game, you know, top gun in the crosshairs kind of screen on the back end of the drill. So you can kind of like if you keep the dot in the center, you're level. So I'd really that's the one application I'd really like to try it for is like, is it good enough to not catch your or break your wrist when you're drilling a three inch diameter hole saw so it was, it was kind of fun to roast them like the comments on the facebook posts were just <laughs> brutal but like i applaud them and they're 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 moving some product they're not you know going totally gangbusters but this is how innovation happens it starts off like kind of like schlocky they they have to try a bunch of things you can't just pick the good ideas you kind of got to work them all out so you know it was I guess I was like pleasantly amused by it and kind of making fun, but I'm happy they're doing it. And I'm sure there'll be a couple things that they learn and push forward that other brands will adopt. So that's always the way sort of progress goes. And it's inherently a good thing. Yeah. So I guess what I would say about them, I dig the whole color scheme. The actual look of the thing is very cool. But if I had to add an LCD screen to something in the shop, the drill would definitely not be the first. Right. And then... Once again, once again, I, 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 it's cool. And to the people that made it, shouts out. Like, y'all are doing something that I obviously could not do. Just, I couldn't design something like that. So props. But it's like, the last thing I want an app, I don't want my drill to have an app. You know what I mean? Like, what if, what if your drill starts acting weird and you have to update it? Like, if, you're, if your drill needs a <laughs> software update, like, you know, every time you try and use a drone or like yeah. some kind of camera equipment that you use every once in like three months and you have to update it and it has to download you so you got to find wi-fi so that you can use your thing first like i don't want to do that with my drill i just want to pick it up and use it and just 
learn how to drill straight down and you know every drill has a torque thing on the chuck yep. you know the numbers on it so it's not like i need it to be digital yeah that's it's true. slower to do it like it's slower if i need to do it digitally right. just let me turn the thing like mike's mike's strictly a heart tools man Ooh, yeah, I use those new heart tools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much these cost, but I think the heart ones are more affordable. But they probably have the so. same guts, which is the funny part about them. Probably. The actual drill motors and everything are probably the same. But yeah, I got uh, a chance to use those heart tools on the kitchen build out. And they're cool, man. They're like all white and black. Really swaggy. They really fit that modern builds look. But they're good. They've got good guts. Classic modern builds. Aesthetic. Yeah, they've got good guts. They, they worked great. And... Uh, they're made by TTI, which is the same company that yeah, makes that Ryobi, makes Ryobi. Rigid. So they're yeah. so they're an awesome kind of budget option. So for Hart to be able to sort of like piggyback on all the research and development that Ryobi's already done is awesome. Like they were able to launch with like a brushless drilling driver line and do some stuff that other brands really aren't able to do out of the gate. So being being aligned with TTI is really cool. The one like downside that I think I'm gonna get a lot of slack on or a lot of hits on for this video is the fact that they're sold exclusively at, at Walmart. The same mm-hmm. way Ryobi is exclusive to Home Depot. But to everybody that's saying that's a bad thing, that's such a like a short-sighted way of looking at it. Because if we're all here trying to like get people to build stuff and kind of spread the spread the gospel of building and like making stuff yourself, sure, Home Depots are almost everywhere, but not like Walmarts are. Walmarts are literally everywhere. So a lot of places don't have a ton of ton of like decent options. And what I would consider Ryobi and Hard to Be are like the perfect tools to sort of like get into building with. Mm-hmm. Those are at every Walmart store, which is in every small town, which is in every middle of nowhere place. So those people are starting to get serviced with some like good quality products. So shout out. Yeah. Don't give Mike a yeah. hard time about this. People have a heart. Ooh, Chris was just waiting for that. Thank you. Snap. All right. What are you guys obsessed with? Actually, you know, I'm going to piggyback off of the, uh, what's it called? The X drill? Yeah. Hit X drill. We got more (laughs) Kickstarters? No, this is not a Kickstarter. This is actually something that Rockler sent me, which is the portable drill guide, which I thought, I I was like, I don't know if I'll use this or not, but it was like, whatever. I was, it looked nicely built. It's like all aluminum. You could tell it's like a quality tool. It's basically, so it's basically you, atta- you attach your drill to it and it's kind of like having a drill press. Hmm. But it's very good for if you were working on something like really like, so say you needed to use a drill press in the center of your table where a drill press couldn't reach. Okay. It would be good for that. So I used it on the project that I'm working right now for the desk where I had to make this pilot hole in a cabinet. They had to be very specific and straight because it was a pilot hole for some threaded inserts. And this thing works great. Like I was super impressed by it. And like Sean has grabbed it like 10 different times already. And I see him using it on all his projects. So it's like one of those things that I didn't think I needed. And and to be fair, I don't need, nobody right. needs this, but that I'm like, oh, I'm actually like finding a lot more use for this than I would have thought I was going to. Dude, shout it out. I don't know exactly what you're talking about. I think I've seen jigs like what you're talking about. Yeah. So if, but if, if you want to Instagram it, for the viewers. Yeah. And you can also just search Rockler portable drill guide. And you'll find okay. it. Rockler portable. You know what's funny? That's like the first drill press I, press I ever used was, I think it was like my dad's or my grandfather's version of that. But it was like janky. It was basically like, you know, those like old 
aluminum body drills yeah. where the sparks would come out the sides yeah, yeah, yeah. and they had cloth cores, <laughs> which by the way, if you wanted to do like a new drill line, doing it retro style with the aluminum body, like the Airstream body yeah. and the cloth cord. It would be cool. Like, that would be, man, I wish I had those and just like, that would be the renovation that I would love to Straight see up. would be like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Modern guts inside one of those old bodies. Yeah. I mean, they it would do be it really cool a- to see a cordless one of those. <laughs> it's it's different, obviously, but like they make like old looking refrigerators now with like, you know, modern guts in them. And then what would it be? Other things that are like that where it's like PT cruisers. Yeah. Well, actually, like all the muscle car stuff, like the Dodge Challenger and yeah. all that stuff's like r- modern retro. But yeah. Yeah, I think there's there could be something kind of kind of cool there. But yeah, that was the first drill press I ever used where you you took one of those old school drills and it kind of just like bolted to it. Like you just had like this I don't know what that hardware is called. It looks like a threaded rod, but it's bent into a U. Mm-hmm. And then you just clasp around a pipe or something to to clamp a pipe to a wall or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the drill was basically held in place by that. Because mm-hmm. the, the drills back then were all kind of free form and 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 kind of like bulbous mm-hmm. and riveted so yeah that was the first uh drill press i used and it worked pretty well but i'm sure the the rocker ones now are way more precise yeah, yeah. i say just get the x drill save the money get that yeah yeah just follow the yeah, <laughs> one the, tool the that'll guy. do the job of 30 yeah mike I, I do think though if you got one and could get like one of the first ones and do a review video of it but do it like infomercial style yeah I, well, after I've said this, funny. they're never going to want to send me one. They're going to be like, no, this guy's going to clown on it. No way, man. They're going to change your mind. Yeah. I mean, there will Once be. Gets that's the thing, though. Our, if I, uh, oh, go ahead, Chris. I didn't mean to cut you off. They, that's what they're going to think is once this guy gets a load of our laser leveling action. Yeah. He'll be hooked. That's right. That's my. Mm. But I'm this person. Here we go. I know you go. guys are probably like this. I know, Ben, you're like this. I don't even want to use the stud finder. You know what I mean? Like, I'll just like knock on the wall. And like yeah. throw a throw a screw in and be like, oh, okay, I bit into it. Or There's like, a stud. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay. Well, I know I'm close if I missed, you know. So you scoot over a half of an inch or something. Like I'm that guy. I don't even want to break out a stud uh, finder. Yeah. But I've got a fun video for everybody. This is one of those forget about everything negative in the world because well, it's just full of cuteness. All you need to do is search otter jumps onto boat orca. If you search those things, you'll oh, find yeah. it. But there's just like the most cute video in Isn't the world. Is it a seal? Oh, go ahead, Ben. Is it a seal or an otter? In this video, it says otter. Yeah. And it does look like mm. an otter now that I'm looking at it. But there's an orca whale that's like hunting down this otter and he's getting close. And then right at the last moment, he jumps onto the back end of a boat. And it's just the cutest thing because the otter's like, yo, thank you, dude. And the guy's being chill with the otter, but the otter is still a little nervous, but also he doesn't want to get eaten. So it's just a funny little human and animal interaction. Uh, So yeah, just search otter, boat, orca, and I'm sure you'll get it. I'm searching now. I got something very different. Oh, you got that. No, did you really? No, I didn't. (laughs) I don't know what you could have gotten off of that. Oh, so I got a couple. One, shout out to Jesse. She just hit 100K subscribers on YouTube. Nice. Get that play button. Big milestone. There you go, Jess. Yep, yep. Largely on the back of her uh, poop house renovation videos, which are taking the internet by storm. Other than that, can't think of anything too crazy. Yeah, so I'll just leave it at that. Shout out to Jesse. Doing good. 
doing good work on YouTube and go give her a sub and keep pushing her. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening to the Modern Maker Podcast. Thank you for making us a part of your weekly routine. If you want to help out the show, the best thing you can do is just tell out a friend if they're interested in building or designing or anything in between. Let them know that this show exists and they should listen to it. If you want to give a review on the app that you listen to us on, that would be amazing. And it just lets the app know that we're a good show and to suggest it to other people. And until next time, actually, I got to do these Instagrams. You can follow Ben at Benjamin Ueda. You can follow Chris at Four Eyes Furniture. And you can follow me, Mike, at Modern Builds. And with that, we will see you next time on the Modern Maker Podcast. Have a great week, everybody. See ya. Mike, you're rusty, boy. I know. Well, I took a week <laughs> off, man. What do you there expect? You he'll, be, he'll be in fighting shape by next week. Bye. Later. I'm going to run these yeah. in the mirror. I'm going to be like, Until all right, time. everybody. Until next have a great time. week. <laughs> All right, later. All right, Bye. peace.